0: Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L dot com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So happy to have you with me here today. I am actually teaching this evening in Jupiter, Florida. So I am recording the show a little bit early, so in case you guys are wondering where I am and not talking about you in the chat room, it's because I'm recording this so I can be teaching at the same time. I will be teaching in uh, Palm Beach on Friday, on what is it, Tuesday, on Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens when your brain is going 37 different directions at the same time. I will be in uh, Palm Beach uh, City tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Stewart, Florida, tonight at 6 p.m. I'm going to go ahead and give you the calendar view so you can see this. This is the calendar at chrisannhall.com. You just go here and you click on the calendar. See the little dots over it? And there you can go through and search all the months and see where we are and see where we'll be teaching. I will be uh, this Thursday on Kate Daly and I will be on the Patriot Nation radio show. And then in August, just so you know, We, J.C. and I, will be teaching in St. George, Utah. We will be in Utah on the 4th, 5th, and the 6th. Check this out. Look at all of these teaching times on the 6th of July in Washington, Utah. You can't miss us. Those of you who watch who are Quite Frankly fans, I will be on Quite Frankly on August 11th and teaching in Winter Haven, Florida on uh, August 13th. So again, if you go to chrisanhall.com and click on the calendar, you can find all of our teaching dates. Here we are in Stewart, Florida tonight. We're gonna be talking about overreach of the state and local government. And then uh, 11.30 a.m. tomorrow morning, be in Palm Beach City talking about the right to peaceably assemble. And so, our calendar is getting busy again because we are we are having meetings, because people are getting tired of being locked up and complying with tyrannical overreach of their governments, etc. And so, we are going to be teaching. You should also keep your eyes open for some online teaching opportunities because uh, we are going to be doing some more online classes as travel becomes more and more difficult. The airlines and their mask madness lead us to believe that there's great possibility that once the federal government fulfills their obligation to Pfizer, the $1.95 billion that our federal government has promised Pfizer for vaccinations by the end of this year, that it could be that the airlines start requiring proof of vaccination to fly. And I will just put you on notice. If that happens, I rebuke it. I don't agree with it and I, I condemn it and I want to, to pray confusion over the entire purpose of it. But if that should come to pass, I want you to know this family will not be flying. Which means that courses that we will be, unless, of course, they allow for religious exemptions or some other exemption to vaccination. Now, if they're going to be mandating masks for Pete's sakes, I highly doubt that they're going to be giving us some kind of an exemption for a mandatory vaccination. But that still remains to be seen we will fly until the very last minute when it's no longer possible. So when it's no longer possible, uh, I I suppose JC and I and Colton will be able to drive to certain areas, um, but we will not be flying. And in that, we are already in process of, of creating ways to create more video training. You know we have LibertyFirstUniversity.com LibertyFirstUniversity.com The Constitution of American History as if the founders themselves were teaching it. The way that you learn the Constitution and American history without government intervention, with government revision, without political propaganda, right here. And that's that's one way that you can get the online training. Now, if you are a member libertyfirstuniversity.com the training that we will be offering online will be uh, available to you at no additional cost these are all the details that we are working out so when we have our online training There's going to have to be some overhead that we have to have for software and and time and all that stuff, so there'll be a small fee. But if you are a member of LibertyFirstUniversity.com, then that fee will be waived for you, just a little added incentive. And uh, JC and I and uh, Pastor Aaron, who works out all our uh, video and online stuff, is going to be helping us with that as well. So stay stay tuned here to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, stay tuned to the Constitutional America class that we have on Saturdays, and uh, learn how you can stay informed, involved and active. Because, you see, we need people to stand up and take back the narrative and stop preaching these lies. I sent out this tweet today, this afternoon, and I wanted to share it with you because it has to do with yesterday's show. And let me see, is this, there we go. The media is lying to us again, shock, and let me move that down a little bit right there. And it will shape what people think and how they act unless we can take back the narrative with truth. Watch this and be the truth giver. And what this is is a tweet about yesterday's show. And I'm watching all of the lies being promoted by all facets of mainstream media about the, Cal- the uh, Nevada case against the church and the Supreme Court, and what's happening in California with the churches. And I want us to be proactive, maybe even a little bit more proactive than we've been in the past, because how people perceive this will change. We actually have our county commission right now discussing taking Hillsborough County, back, Florida, back to phase one lockdown. Okay, so we can't, we cannot be uh, complacent about this. We've got to be active about this. And as I mentioned before, uh, here's another tweet that I mentioned before, that uh, we have an obligation. We have an obligation to stand up. This one says, bottom line, we've entered into a day where the church much, must decide who its he- who is its head, Christ or government. I've been saying this for some time now, but this is the real test. Will you obey God or will you be o- obey men? Now, this is a quote from Acts 5.29. It is a scripture that I have signed my books with for a l- for a long, long time. Will you, uh, we will obey God rather than men, the uh, apostle, the disciples said. So if you don't know the answer to that question, will you obey God or will you obey man, then you need to watch episode 1131 where J.C. teaches the biblical principle against uh, regarding righteous resistance against unconstitutional orders. And so these are the ways that we can spread truth because there is the politicians and the media are not doing it. It's got to come from us, and we've got to exercise the enormous power that we have in a constitutional republic as an active and engaged constituency. New Mexico, speaking of truth, New Mexico governor, says her state is at the mercy of what's going on around the country. This is part of the, the hypocritical narrative that we're going to be discussing today. You've got the New Mexico governor. Here, here's, here's her tweet. Um, she says It is the worst abdication of national response and responsibility to protect Americans I've ever seen. Talking about, as she says, there being no national strategy to deal with COVID, okay? She says, I spend most of my days chasing testing supplies for our state. It's the worst abdication of national response and responsibility to protect Americans I have ever seen in my government career. So I, I, want, I want to ask Governor Grisham, hello, Governor Grisham, a challenge to Governor Grisham. You're so upset about the lack of national response to deal with this COVID-19 flu. Please show me article, section and clause in the constitution that directs, authorizes, empowers the President of the United States to give you, the Governor of New Mexico, a national plan to deal with a virus. I should play that music. Because I'm seriously waiting. I want. To hear it. I want to see it in writing. Because if the power is not delegated, it is reserved to the state. Which means it is Governor Grisham's responsibility to come up with a state response for a virus. And her whining and crying and wringing of her hands is an abdication of her responsibility to the people of New Mexico. That's where the abdication of authority is coming from, from our governors who are whining and crying for a, quote, national response when it's not a national obligation. The power is not delegated. Shall we? Shall we, people? Shall we, people, read the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution of the United States? Now, you guys know I use this website, uh, thefoundersconstitution.com, so I'm going to go ahead and pull it up here for you. And I already have, apparently. <laughs> the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. Now, let's look at this. This, this Founders Constitution has a table of contents that outlines article, section, and even clause. You can go through Article One by article, section, and clause and search it. You will find no authority delegated to the Congress to deal with a virus. You can search through Article 2, which delegates power to the President of the United States, which by the way, I want you to notice, look at all this power delegated to Congress and yet not a single authority to have a national plan to deal with a virus. The President of the United States' power is delegated through Article 2, which is extremely limited, even more limited, than Article 1 to the Congress. You will find no authority delegated to the President of the United States to create a national plan to deal with a virus. You can go to Article 3. Article 3 is the power, look at that, oh my goodness, it's so few powers delegated to the judiciary. Article 4 is the section that deals with the part in the Tenth Amendment of the things that are specifically not uh, reserved to the states. Article 6 tells us how the Constitution works. Our Article 5 tells us how to amend the Constitution, so there's no delegation of power there. Article 6 explains to us how the Constitution's supposed to work. And Article 6, Clause 2 says, The Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, shall be the supreme law of the land. Meaning, if the powers are not delegated to the federal government, whether they be Article 1, Article 2, Article 3, or prohibited by, the st- by it to the states in Article 4, then those powers are not to be authorized by the federal government and they are reserved to the states which means a law created by Congress not pursuant to delegated authority is not the supreme law of the land and the judges in every state shall not be bound thereby. They are as our founders said null and void. So once again I will repeat my challenge to uh, our governor of New Mexico to please tell me article, section, and clause where the federal government has the authority and the obligation to create a national response, a responsibility, there is no such responsibility. Now, the irony is, of course, right, that the federal government does have a responsibility to protect federal property. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, everybody's freaking out about the president uh, ordering the federal government, his federal agents, to protect federal property in Portland. Do you see the problem here? Powers actually delegated to the federal government are being condemned. We don't want you in our states. We didn't ask you in your states. Fine, then don't have federal property in your state. I mean, that's the simple simple solution because the bottom line is, let me see if I can pull this up for you really quick. It is article one, section eight, Clause 17, right here. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17. Now, I'm sure if you're watching this on your phone, you're not going to be able to see this, so I'll read this to you, and if you're just listening as a radio, you're not going to be able to read this either. To uh, Congress, because it's Article 1, remember? Congress, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17. To exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district, Washington, D.C., not exceeding 10 miles square, as may be by session of particular states and the acceptance of Congress to become the seat of government of the United States, and to exercise like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature in the state, in which the same shall be for the erection of Fort Port's, uh, Fort's magazine, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings." Since we actually delegated to the federal government the authority to create federal courts, then federal courthouses in the states would be classified as a needful building. Remember, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 says that Congress shall have exclusive legislation and have like authority over all places, like other needful buildings. But here's the caveat. Purchased by the consent of the legislatures of the state. So here's the simple solution, Oregon. You don't want the federal government protecting its property in your state. Um, Don't let them have property in your state. You can't let them have property in your state and then cry when they exercise delegated authority over that property. So I come across this, this piece of hackery, in uh, Yahoo News, published by the Daily Beast, John Oliver exposes Sean Hannity's lies about the Portland protest. Don't the, the, the whole headline is clickbait, okay? Because there's really very little about uh, Sean Hannity actually in the article. Now, I'm sure uh, that John Oliver did that on Last Week Tonight. But the whole thing is really just about getting you to click so the conservatives can get their fill of, of, you know, soap opera drama over, you know, picking on Sean Hannity and this whole, you know, left-right, liberal-conservative UFC boxing match that we're always entertained by. So I want to show you not not this thing that has to do with Hannity, but what has to do with the lies itself about Oliver. He says, Protests in Portland have been going on for dear, daily for nearly two months now since the killing of George Floyd, but the deployment of federal agents was a sharp escalation of questionable legality. And yet to hear the president tell it, he had no choice. And it was a terrific idea. Okay. So nothing, Mr. Oliver, happened recently to invoke the jurisdiction of the federal government to become involved in Portland. Maybe Mr. Oliver missed... Oops. Maybe Mr. Oliver missed this. Maybe he missed all of this. I I don't know. Because this is the federal courthouse. And remember, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 gives the federal government jurisdiction over this property. And so for those of you who are listening online and not watching, what we're looking at is the destruction, the vandalism, the burning of property on federal property that for some reason mr oliver seems to like totally slip his recollection why all of the sudden the federal government would become involved maybe because all of the sudden these black lives matters criminals not the ones who think that they're there to support, you know, actual discrimination or or anti-discrimination. I'll put it that way. They're there to, to protest discrimination. How's that? Not the ones that are there peacefully protesting. But the Black Lives Matter's criminals, because this is criminal activity, people. This is destruction of property. This is vandalism of a felonious degree. This is arson, and for some reason, I don't know, scratching my head, Mr. Oliver seems to think that there's absolutely no reason for the federal government to be there. So, I just, you know, I thought that maybe we should just remind Mr. Oliver that this is actually violence in Portland, okay? So he says, Oliver then threw, uh, the Daily Beast says, Oliver then threw Sean Hannity's coverage of Portland clashes, uh, through to the, sorry, through to Sean Hannity's coverage of Portland clashes, the Fox News host aired a graphic blaring violence in Portland, followed by a scroll of buildings that have been damaged there, including a supposed firebombing deemed chaos Deemed the chaos insane, okay? All right. This is not, again, we have talked about this before, it is not the federal government's authority to go in and deal with businesses within Portland without a request from the legislature of the state of Oregon. That is also in the Constitution. However, I I just can we back this up for just a second. Is this is this not violence? Is this not chaos? Is this not let's let's go ahead and scoop up here. Fire bombing. This is a place. This is I don't know if you can see my cursor here. This is actually a place where they lit federal property on fire. So if you're going to be speaking about the things that are happening, then you need Mr. Oliver to be speaking about truth. Bottom line, that's it. I am, this week, this article came out and I'm just gonna give you a little preview, okay? There was um, several years ago that I did an episode on how, on the corruption that exists in the uh, Supreme Court. The actual, there, there's actually an article published about the corruption that exists now in the Supreme Court. And I'm talking about Supreme Court justices who have investments in companies that are frequently... Frequently, before the Supreme Court, in in uh, which they will render opinions, talk about serious conflict of interest, and that's that's probably the least of the conflict of interest. So I found this, I, I saw this article on CNN, and I have become very, very um, upset with John Roberts. John Roberts inside his surprising streak of liberal wins, CNN says. Okay, here's the problem. Number one, not surprising. Not surprising at all. See, this is part of the false narrative that somehow John Roberts is, is some, some conservative champion. You can look back at John Roberts' cases. He's never been a conservative champion. What John Roberts is is schizophrenic. He is schizophrenic because his decisions are not guided by principle and they are not guided by the standard of the Constitution. And I want to show you this this study that I did a couple of years ago about how and and let you come to your own conclusions about Roberts' schizophrenia in his. Supreme Court opinions. So just keep your eyes open for that. I'm gonna dig up those articles again. The last thing that I wanna talk to you about today is an executive order that is coming down the pipeline. An executive order that's going to deal with medicines purchased by the federal government through Medicaid from the pharmaceutical companies. Now, this executive order is is called the most favored nation rule. And the most favored nation rule, and I I have, I actually have the, uh, I have a great article by Forbes, and I wanna share it with you. And let me pull this do this little thing because my my little thing closed Um, and I need to find it for you again but here it is in Forbes I'm gonna show you the article so that you can find it yourself how Trump's prescription drug executive orders reduce costs for seniors and taxpayers okay now normally I would tell you okay Normally, I would tell you it's not the federal government's role to dictate to a private entity what they can and cannot charge. However, this is not dictating what they charge to everybody. This is, this is a negotiation of contract. The federal government negotiating with the pharmaceutical companies on what they will pay the pharmaceutical companies for drugs that the federal government will be buying to distribute through Medicaid. Forbes says Americans have long complained about the fact that drug companies overcharge U.S. patients for medicines that cost much less elsewhere. A quartet of executive orders from President Trump issued today will change that. Okay? So this was published on July 24th. Medicare incentivizes drug companies to raise prices, Forbes says. The most important of the orders concerns what Medicare pays drug companies for drugs administered in, patient, in physicians' offices like those required and those requiring an intravenous infusion, okay? So these are talking just to be clear now these are talking about Medicare distributed drugs not private insurance this is a contract between the federal government and and the pharmaceutical companies in federally distributed medication And this is what's great. I don't think, I think a lot of people have a concept of what's happening, but I want to read this to you from Forbes because sometimes we have to hear out loud what we know to be true to help solidify what we believe and how we deal with it. And Forbes says, first, some background. Today, Medicare Part B, our single-payer program for seniors' visits to doctors' offices, has a crazy way of paying for drugs called ASP plus six, which stands for average selling price 6%. We have told you, and and we are not alone. I mean, we're hardly on the forefront of this, but our doctors have become glorified drug dealers. And this is the proof, look at this. Doctors, this is not me, This is Medicare Part B, ASP plus six. The plus six means plus six percent. Plus six percent what? Doctors get a six percent commission, and Forbes says technically now a 4.3 percent commission, on any drug they administer to patients in their office through Medicaid. You want to wonder why our doctors hand out drugs through Medicaid like Pez dispensers? Because every drug they give to our elderly, they get a kickback. Now, Congress designed this. Imagine that, the the medical lobbyists. You know, ooh, yes, do this for us, Congress, give our doctors the kickbacks. And so now everybody has to be, see, that's how doctors, we can sign you up for Medicaid. We'll help you sign up for Medicaid. You need to sign up for Medicaid, right? Not because it's best for you, not even because it's federally uh, delegated power through the Constitution because it is not, but because they get paid. For you to be on Medicaid. When Congress, Forbes says, did not design this provision of the Medicare program, it effectively turned doctors into glorified real estate brokers. I say drug dealers, they Forbes says real estate brokers. Just as a real estate broker is incentivized to sell you a bigger house so he can get a bigger commission. Doctors are now incentivized to prescribe you with the costliest medication, even if a more effective lower cost option is available. Wrap your brain around that one. The existence of this perverse incentive is an open secret in the biotechnology and pharmaceutical industries. Manufacturers, Forbes says, manufacturers know that if they develop a drug that needs to be infused intravenously and is primarily used by Medicare patients, are you ready for this? They can generally charge whatever they want and force taxpayers and seniors to pay the bill in an effort to reform the broken system of Medicare Part B drugs. In 2018, President Trump proposed benchmarking Medicare's reimbursement rates for physician-administered drugs to an international pricing index, the average price paid by a group of industrialized countries. See, here's the thing. The Trump administration estimates that the plan could reduce Medicare Part B spending by, over, by 17 billion over five years. Even though that sum represents less than 1% of all US pharmaceutical spending, drug lobby historically claimed the rule would threaten their business model. You know what the plan is then? You don't like the terms of the contract? Pharmaceutical companies. Then you don't have to contract with the taxpayers to do this. We'll find pharmaceutical companies that would be more than happy to get the billions of dollars that they're still going to get. You can't, you can't part with one per, with less than one percent in a contract negotiation with the people of the United States. Then you know what? So sad. Too bad. Okay, this most favored nation pricing. Okay, it is the policy, Trump says, of the United States that the Medicare program should not pay more for costly Part B prescription drugs or biological products than the most favored nation price. Okay, the lowest price... After adjusting for volume and differences in national gross domestic product for a drug in a member company with a comparable cap per capita gross domestic product of Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. So basically what this means. We pay what well, they charge everybody else. Nothing more and nothing less. Is that not fair? Why should we be footing the bill for everyone else's prescription drugs while we're already footing the bill for our own? Why are we padding the income of these pharmaceutical companies when they're redistributing our wealth to other countries? Don't we already give aid to foreign countries in need? Why do we also, on top of that, subsidize their medication by paying uh, overpriced prices for for drugs because doctors need a kickback and because the pharmaceutical companies, through the permission of Congress, have carte blanche to charge us whatever they want. Because, once again, Congress, what do they care? They're spending somebody else's money. See, this is the whole reason why our constitutional republic was designed to be, number one, limited and defined in its authority. If the authority is not delegated, it's not a power to be exercised. And number two, let me just remind you that the bill for the federal government was supposed to be paid by the states, not by the people. The census, half of the, por- half of the purpose of the census is to determine the population of the state for the proper apportionment of the debt of the federal government. The costs, the needs of the federal government. So when the federal government starts exercising authority, that guess what, they don't have a delegated authority to exercise, then the states say, whoa, doggies. We're not paying you for that. We're not doing that for you. We're not giving you that money. You're spending money you don't have the authority to spend. So guess what? Not paying. Maybe we'll bail you out this one time, but you'll stop it because we will not bail you out again. And then you're gonna to have to deal with the consequences of breaking contracts and negotiations because we're not footing your bill. That's how this is supposed to work. And the ideal would be, you know what? Medicaid is returned to the state level. You have state level programs to help people with health care because the power is not delegated to the federal government, are reserved to the states. And if the people want to at their state level fund these kind of things, it's up to the people to vote to do that at the state level, not the federal level. Federal Medicaid, this national Medicaid plan is not constitutionally authorized. So, operating constitutionally, federal Medicaid goes away, and the pharmaceutical companies have to negotiate with each state. That's how it's supposed to work. Absent proper, med- uh, proper constitutional operation, Donald Trump being the ex- head of the executive over the executive branch, which is in charge of, of facilitating the Medicaid program and negotiating these kinds of deals, is more than welcome, more than entitled, uh, more than authorized, in an unconstitutional way, to negotiate these terms. There are pharmaceutical companies, small pharmaceutical companies, that are trying to come to the forefront every day and are squashed and beaten down in, in corporate thuggery by these mobster pharmaceutical big pharma companies the solution is find somebody that wants to negotiate with you Donald Trump and tell the big pharma's to take a freaking flying leap that's how it's supposed to work you're not entitled to negotiate with us you're not entitled to have the contract These are the terms of the contract. Those who bid the contract get the contract. You don't dictate the contract to the American people. We dictate the terms of the contract and you take it or leave it. That's the bottom line. So, I don't know what to tell you people. It is time for us to be a people that are good stewards and responsible for What's, what we're supposed to be doing with our money. Again, put Medicaid at the state level, where it belongs. If you're not going to do that, then stop whining about the president of the United States trying to, to eliminate the big pharma mobsters in Washington, D.C., how ridiculous it is, is it that the pharmaceutical companies can and can actually, legally, by the, by the consent of Congress, your representative, charge whatever they want for drugs? Hmm, because it's not Congress's money they're spending. It's your money they're spending. Before we go, I want to share with you an important book, Socialism Under the Microscope. Go to Amazon.com teach your young about socialism with this fantastic comic book that even adults will love socialism under the microscope and don't forget i'm asking you go to amazon and leave a review we're trying to get this into the we're trying to get this before the people and you in order to break the veil of amazon's ai against this kind of truth you have to have a certain number of reviews before you start slipping into their feed. So purchase the uh, comic book, amazing comic book, and then leave a review on Amazon to help push this truth to the forefront. Before we go here today, don't forget to visit GodGunsLiberty.com, GodGunsLiberty.com, get your mug, get your t-shirt, Get your ladies t-shirts. I love these. The Real Women of Courage Edition. Mercy Otis Warren. We will stand against tyranny today or our children will bow tomorrow. I love these t-shirts. They are absolutely my favorite. Great, great coffee mugs. Uh, Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. There you go right there. And so thank you for joining us on our uh, show today. Remember, I'm going to be teaching tonight in Stewart, Florida, teaching as you're seeing this show, and I will be teaching tomorrow in Palm Beach City. So go on to chrisannhall.com, find us there. And thank you so much for your time and your support. God bless, and we will see you next time.